Hello, and welcome to Arena Sensei, the Hearthstone podcast to help you become an arena champion. This is episode 33, even more cards from the saviors of all doom. I'm Steven Sensei, and this is my co-host, Schwal. Reveal season is in full swing, and we have a bunch of cards to talk about. Again, these are our hot takes, and with any luck, we might even get some of them right. So let's start right off the top with our class cards. Druid got a couple since last week. The first one, Anubisoth Defender, a 5-mana, 3-5 epic taunt minion that costs 0 if you've cast a spell that costs 5 or more on this turn. Okay, 5-mana, 3-5 with taunt is below rate. This whole thing of it being free and costing zero if you cast a spell that costs five or more uh, is a pretty nice upside, but you have to have a spell worth five or more that you actually want to cast. With it being conditional, I think it's it's okay. I'd like I'd want to know what else was in the bucket, but I I don't think it's going to be great. Yeah, I think most of the time this is just the 5 3 taunt for 5, which is like, it's not the worst, but it, you could do better. <laughs> exactly. Um, Druid did, however, get a greater than 5 spell in the form of Overflow, which is a 7 mana rare spell. This restores 5 health to all characters and draws you 5 cards. So it's kind of like a reverse of Ultimate Infestation without putting anything on the board. I think that this this might be okay as a one-of if it's offered to you, depending on what else it's bucketed with, just for those games where you're top-decking and your opponent's top-decking. You know, you can spend 7 mana late game, Everything gets five health back, including your opponent, but being able to pull five cards and have resources in hand to develop a board or possibly find a win condition. Um, it's kind of, I guess, like sprint on steroids. I'm I'm okay with this one. Yeah, the thing to keep in mind that the five health to all characters includes your opponent and your opponent's minions. And that second part is really important. Uh, so that makes this conditional in a way that i worried about like again not the worst but i don't think it's very good (laughs) yeah i mean again i think as a as a one of and of course board state dependent i mean if they have a board with a bunch of big minions with that are low on health that need to die you probably don't want to play this but as as draw late game in the situation where you need it, I think it's going to be okay. But it's not going to be be staple in every deck. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, worth noting, don't play this in like a low curve deck where you might like play sprint to reload. You need to be playing this in a mid-range deck where you can uh, control the board, draw, play more stuff, control the board again, and make them run out of resources. Absolutely. So next up is Hunter's Pack, a three-mana common spell that adds a random hunter, beast, secret, and weapon to your hand. This is three-mana draw three random cards, but they're pretty specific, and all of these categories are pretty solid. This is, I think, pretty good, with the warning that 
this is just value though. So like if this was, if we get another really fast meta, this card would be terrible. You couldn't play it. But in a mid-range meta, I think this is decent. Oh yeah, this is value on a stick. I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Next up is Pressure Plate, a two-mana common secret. After your opponent casts a spell, destroy a random enemy minion. This is decent. The major problem is you take a tempo hit for playing any secret. They play around it, and that gains you a little bit of tempo back. And then they trigger it, and hopefully that gains you the rest of the tempo back. In this case, they can, if they don't trigger it you know, fairly early on, they can pro- play around this relatively easily most of the time. So it's not amazing. It's not terrible, but it's not amazing. It, it's another secret for a secret package hunter. I haven't looked to see how many secrets are going to be in the arena this time around. Um, it It's interesting. I'm glad Hunter got another secret. I think it's going to be a little tougher to play around in the constructed format, but yeah, like you said, taking the tempo hit, not always a great thing. Yeah. Uh, next up is Desert Spear, a three mana, one three common weapon. After your hero attacks, summon a one one locust with rush. Uh, so the key thing to think about here is this is really a three mana, two three weapon that very occasionally, if you just have to deal one damage to something, you get a thing that lives. It, this is okay. Mostly you want. You would rather it be, you know, the rule is you want uh, X damage for your weapon where X is this mana cost and uh, preferably with two health. And this is the other stats, which is not as good. So I suspect you're mostly going to end up playing this much later than turn three, like with a different thing and using it to help clean up a complicated board. And for that purpose, I think it's decent. But you can't play this reliably and clear something on three, which makes it not great. First card up for Mage is the Arcane Flak Mage, a two mana, three, two rare minion. After you play a secret, deal two damage to all enemy minions. Um, At two mana, three, two, perfectly fine. Um, If you have a secret to follow this up with and being able to ping... Um, everything on your enemy's board for two damage at that turn. Uh, I like it as a mini AoE. I I think this is a good card. I think it's probably going to be bucketed well. I expect it to see play. I think it's mostly just going to be a two mana three two because you'll play this. Your opponent will see that effect. They won't play out anything with two health that would be easily cleared. So even if you had a secret, it probably wouldn't clear much. And then that's you know, you just have a two mana three two, which is fine, but that I think that's just gonna be all it is most of the time. Yeah, but in those in those opportunities when you do have a secret to play, like I'll take two damage to my enemy's board. Even if it doesn't kill everything, at least it's gonna soften anything up. Yeah. And continuing that that trend of softening up and doing damage to things on the opponent's side, we have Cloud Prince, a five mana four four common elemental minion with a battle cry if you control a secret deal six damage um five mana four fours below rate but if you have a secret up being able to send 10 damage 
anywhere on the other side of the rope is great. Um, I think it's fine. It's going to be okay. I, again, I think I'm with you in that it's going to depend on what kind of secrets we have and if we're able to draft any kind of secret synergy. Yeah. I think worth noting a lot of the time you're going to be want to play this on turn eight with the secret the same turn. And like that reduces the flexibility a bit, which is a hit, but does it's great when you get it to go off. So be aware of that. Yeah, but do you really want to play this on turn eight as a five mana four four, or do you want to be on turn eight dropping a large bomb? That's also a big question that you need to answer in your draft. And next up is Tortolan Pilgrim, an 8-mana 5-5 epic with a battle cry. Discover a copy of a spell in your deck and cast it with random targets. So this, this card has a little bit of value in that you're discovering a spell that you specifically drafted in Mage. And it's going to cast a copy randomly. So this reminds me of the Grand Archivist that was in Cobalts and Catacombs, where at the end of your turn, it cast a spell from your deck with targets chosen randomly. The benefit of this one is this is discovering a copy of a spell that you drafted and is going to cast it randomly. Um, that's okay, depending on what you've been able to draft in Mage. If you have something, if it pulls something like a Flame Strike, you're super happy about it because, again, it's just a copy. It's not removing it from your deck. But at the same time, if you're Mage and you have Pyroblast and this plays Pyroblast on your own face, you're going to be pretty sad. Yeah. I think the thing to keep in mind is this is a discover effect. So as long as you have a, a decent. Uh, um, concentration of spells that are not targeted so that is to say board clears and secrets you'll be fine and like if this plays a secret that's decent yeah and that's true because it is a discover and i i forgot about that for a minute so yeah i think i mean turn eight again a five five on turn eight is not great but the possible value you get from this is a bit higher it's probably okay yeah, I think this goes up a lot if you have like a flame striker or a blizzard, basically. Oh yeah. Uh, next up for Paladin, we have Tip the Scales, an eight mana epic spell. Summon seven random Murlocs from your deck. You, there is no way you are drafting seven Murlocs. This is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, just nope, not gonna happen. Next up, we have Micro Mummy. A two mana, one two epic with reborn. At the end of your turn, give another random friendly minion plus one attack. Worth noting that uh, if you attach a magnetic minion to this when it's reborn, those enhancements will not come back. It'll just be a two mana, one one. Um, so the key thing here is this is a two drop that does not contest the board on turn two. That makes it very, 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 very tricky to play. And it's, you know, even if you play it on like turn four with another two drop, it's not that great. It's, you know, giving you a couple of extra stats, but it, that that is a real cost that you can't play it on two. And I think that makes this not great. Well, and that's the question of will two drops matter in the next mana? Or are we going to be sliding back to a more normalized kind of mid-range meta where we're going to be okay with starting games on three again. Yeah, that's true. That 
in that case, this is goes up a little bit. It's still not amazing, but it it would be fine in that case. It's it's interesting. Um, yeah. It, if we could grab something and get a magnetic buff on it to make it stick around a little bit longer and get more value out of it, it has the potential to be very good. But you're right as a as a plane two drop, it's a tough tough sell. And moving on to Priest, we have High Priest Amet, a 4-mana 2-7 legendary minion. When you summon a minion, set its health equal to High Priest Amet's health, which is 7 mana. Okay, again, this is a legendary, so who knows where it's going to be in the legendary buckets. 4-mana 2-7 is completely okay. I mean, the attack isn't great. But it's more about what you're following this up with. Um, if you're following this up with a smaller minion that's then going to give you a great health buff to it. So if you play something like oh, one of our one of the cards we've already talked about, like Questing Explorer at two mana. Um Instead of a two mana two three, it now becomes a two mana two seven, more difficult to deal with. Um, it's an interesting effect, but it's also important to be aware of the downside if you play this late game that you have a four mana two seven, and if you play something like a giant, you're reducing that minion's health. Also, as High Priest Amit gets pinged down, I could see your opponent wanting to get the health down to one or two and then ignoring it and forcing you to trade it off, knowing that anything you play is going to have a major health reduction in late game. Yeah. They can also do something like if they have a board with a couple of three threes on it, they bump into it once you can't clear it. And everything you play now just has four health and going into turn five. That's probably a downgrade. Yeah. So it, it, it's a weird, interesting legendary card, which seems like we've got a lot of weird, interesting legendaries in this set. All right, next up is Grand Mummy. Oh, Grand Mummy, you are a two mana, one, two rare priest minion that is reborn with a death rattle of give a friendly minion plus one, plus one. Um, This is, this is kind of cool in the fact that Again, two mana, one, two, not great, is not going to necessarily contest the board very well on turn two, just kind of like the micro mummy problem. But with Death Rattle and Reborn, if you have other things on the board, you're going to get a plus one, plus one. It's going to come back. You're going to possibly get plus one, plus one again. This could potentially even be good later game than on turn two just for the fact that your opponent's likely to trade off anything that might get the buff before trading this off if they have the opportunity uh the only other thing i want to say about this card is it's been identified and nominated as possibly the cute card for the set so and she is cute grandmummy indeed Moving on to Rogue, we have Anka the Buried, a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five legendary with Battle Cry. Change 
each death rattle minion in your hand into a one one that costs one um five mana five five is okay you're probably not going to have a concentration of death rattle cards in your hand even if you did changing them to one ones that cost one you're going to dump your hand they're going to be traded off you're going to get the death rattle effect and you're going to be out of resources i would not pick this card i think it's bad agreed (laughs) all right moving on uh the bizarre mugger a five mana three five rare minion with rush and a battle cry of add a random minion from another class to your hand so this is burgle rogue support in the constructed format five mana three five is below rate the rush is kind of a non-issue as it's not going to contest anything really that came out on turn four or on turn five so you could rush and ping something but you're probably not going to remove it and uh adding a random minion from another class to your hand could be interesting but it's a random minion that has no synergy i guess it's minor value generation i don't think it's very good I'm a little higher on it than you. I mostly, I think the rush gets, oh, oh, there's a lot of stuff with three health. I think you can trade off with this most of the time and hopefully have it live and, you know, you get another card in your hand. So I think it's decent. I don't think it's great, but I think it's decent. Okay. Next up, we have Whirl Kick Master, a two mana, one, two epic. Whenever you play a combo card, Add a random combo card to your hand. Um, It needs to be pointed out that Wicked Good over at the Off Curve podcast has dubbed this to be Lyra the Sunshiv. Now, so so funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's I I love that. Um, I loved Lyra when when she was around being a priest minion that every time you played a spell gave you a random priest spell. This is not quite as good. Um, what this is, is within within Rogue, this becomes a two-mana combo activator that you can hopefully chain some combos off of to generate some value into your hand. It remains to be seen how good all of those combos are. What is interesting to note is that this combo could possibly be throwing an Edwin Van Cleef into your hand. Yeah. And that could get real interesting with the ability of rogue to play out and keep generating things. Um, Will it stick around very long? No, it's going to be a target for removal. Is it interesting? Yes. Um, I'm excited to play with this card. How good it's going to be, I don't know, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for it. I think this card's great. Uh, so in particular, I think the play pattern is going to be you draft a deck with, you know, four or five uh, combo cards, which is relatively normal for a rogue deck. And you play out your hand as normal, and then you get to a hand where you basically have this and a combo card. And you play this and you play the combo card, and then you just keep playing combo cards the rest of the turn. <laughs> And I think as long as there's not a combo card that ends your ability to keep doing that. 
I can't think of one off the top of my head that would stop me from doing that. So I, I just keep playing them until I ran out of mana. And I think that's a pretty great ability. Some that could end that in Arena would be Kidnapper, the six mana five five with combo return a minion to its owner's hand, which would not be bad because if you got it early enough, you could just return World Kick Master to you. Yeah. Uh, Raiding Party will return with the return of uh, Rastakhan's Rumble in the new set. So we're looking at draw two pirates and a weapon so not there's not many that would end it but uh they're there also we do have Ungoro, so we could also be seeing vile spine slayers generated into the hand with world kick master and that card oh boy speaking of combo cards there is a new combo card for rogue as well and this time it's a weapon it is Hooked Scimitar, a 3-mana 2-2 two, two common weapon with combo gain plus 2 attack. All right, a 3-mana 2-2 two, two weapon is I. It's not great, but if you can combo this, and given that it's only 3-mana, it's something that you can probably combo later on. Being now a 3-mana 4-2 weapon, uh, that's great. I think Rogue will take this. I think that we'll definitely see this in the arena and it's going to be played quite a bit. Yeah. I think this card becomes great if you can get it as a 4-2 on turn 4 with a combo. And if your deck can do that, this is going to be very good for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, next up for Shaman, we have Splitting Axe, a 4-mana 3-2 epic weapon with Battle Cry, Summon Copies of Your Totems. Your totems are not very good in Shaman, sorry. So this is not a great weapon. Yeah, it's just not something that I see us wanting to go ahead and use. What do you think of it? Ignoring ignoring the fact that we're talking about summoning copies of totems, how do you feel about it just as a 4-mana 3-2? Uh, I don't like it as that. It, um, a weapon with less attack than the mana you spent on it usually can't clear the minion your opponent is playing against it which is the key thing that you need to be able to do fair enough next up for warlock we have evil recruiter a three mana three three common with battle cry destroy a friendly lackey to summon a five five demon most of the time it's a three mana three three which is fine if you have a lackey, and lackeys are pretty good, so hopefully you drafted some, you get to get a 5-5. Five five. That seems really good. Yeah, this is great, as long as you have the lackey. If you don't have the lackey, a 3-mana three 3-3 three three is all right. But, man, if you can get that payoff of a 5-5 five five on top of the 3-3, three three, yeah. you know, that's 8-8 eight eight for 3. I'm there. For sure. Uh, next up, we have Rift Cleaver, a 6-mana 7-5 epic demon with battle cry, destroy a minion. Your hero takes damage equal to its health. This card is amazing. One of the best in the set. What this does is it puts down a uh, body worth the mana on board and also kills your opponent's biggest thing. And all you have to do for that is take damage, and that is totally fine. This is an amazing card. Oh yeah, this, this is hard removal on a very large and intimidating stick. Uh, this 
will allow you to punch through taunts. This will allow you to remove something that could potentially kill you. Um, yeah, I, it's it's great. I expect it to be bucketed pretty high. Next up is Diseased Volter, a 4-mana 3-5 epic beast. After your hero takes damage on your turn, summon a random 3-cost minion. This card's pretty good. So the key thing here is you can play it on 4 as a 3-5, and it will be okay. You know, not the best, but it'll be fine. You're missing one stat worth of things. But realistically, you want to play this on turn 6 and then life tap. And then you drew a card for free, basically. And that is great. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking at that, it's it's after your hero takes damage. So don't tap first, play this and then tap. So that this is going to be one of those rare times where we will tell you don't tap first in Warlock. Indeed. Uh, next up is Plague of Flames, a one mana rare spell. Destroy all your minions. For each one, destroy a random enemy minion. Uh, worth noting, so it doesn't have the tempo problem that... Um, board creators usually have in that uh it's not a lot of mana the problem is all the mana it costs is really what you spent on those minions and unless you were putting out a lot of tokens this is costing you a lot of cards and that is not great so i think this is pretty bad i i'm going to disagree with you a little bit i think that this is okay um specifically if you have resources in hand if your opponent is presenting a board that maybe you cannot trade off just because of health values, you have some smaller minions, they have a couple larger minions. If Plague of Flames for one mana clears both sides of the board and you have things in your hand that you can follow up and retake the initiative, I think it's great. Now, if this was eight mana or... Six mana, I would be really down on this, but at one mana, it's so cheap to play. If you have resources to follow it up with, it's one of the best board clears in the game. That's double-sided anyway. Also, I love the artwork on this card. Um, it's like a camp or a small village that is on fire. It's going to probably look amazing in gold. So I, I hope I get one in gold just to see it. And next up, we have Dark Pharaoh Tekon, which is a five mana, four, four legendary minion with battle cry. For the rest of your game, your lackeys are four mana or are not four mana, are four, four, four health, four attack. It's the rest of the game. So basically, this is the old rogue quest reward on a minion at five mana four four it's all right it becomes good if you get this payoff it makes your value your lackeys have actual value on board the problem is having a density of lackeys to play so i don't think it's a really great pick yeah i think this depends entirely on if you have a density of lackeys if you do it's great if you don't it's not <laughs> Yeah, if you have a density of lackeys, if I mean, I would love to be able to play out on, you know, turn seven, this and two lackeys and have 12, 12 worth of stats on the board, plus whatever the lackeys were. For sure. Um, I'm okay with that. But 
I just don't think that in arena will have the density of lackeys we need to really get a good payoff out of this. And honestly, what you need one lackey for this to be worth it. Yep. So it's not outside the realm of possibility, but I just, I don't know. Again, we've got these, these legendaries in the set that have some neat and interesting effects, but you know, I'd rather have the rift cleaver and that's able to put out a well-statted minion and destroy something on the opponent's side of the board. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> All right. Moving on from warlock and into warrior. So cards that do not matter. <laughs> we have Bloodsworn mercenary, a three mana three, three epic with battle cry, choose a damaged friendly minion, summon a copy of it. Well, if you're trying to make Warrior work, this is a good card for Warrior. Um, three mana, three, three is perfectly okay. It's just slightly below rate. But if you have a damaged minion, being able to then summon a copy of it, you're getting more than three mana, three, three worth of stats for the three mana you spend. If you can happen to summon something that is damaged, that can still act, that has rush or charge attached to it great i think for warrior this is this is a perfectly fine card but i'm not planning to play warrior yeah i i would go so far as to say i think this is one of the best arena cards for warrior and it probably still doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah um next up is into the fray a one mana common spell Give all taunt minions in your hand plus two, plus two. So this is hand buff warrior for taunts. Um, you need a handful of taunts. It's one mana do nothing immediately. If you can play into the fray late game and buff a large taunt that's in your hand, I'm thinking from Angoro, the... Uh, eight mana primordial drake or nine mana giant mastodon having a primordial drake that is now a eight mana six ten that does two damage to all other minions or having a giant mastodon for nine mana as a nine mana eight twelve that's going to be okay i think this is something that you might take one of if you know that you have a large valued taunt that you want to hit late game to make it even more difficult to remove. But again, it's in general, you're not going to plan to have this as a huge strategy for your entire deck. Yeah, I think realistically, you want this to do one of two things. Either you play it and play the taunt, it comes with relatively shortly afterwards, hopefully game a tempo advantage, preferably early. So, you know, you play it on turn one and a two-mana taunt on turn two, and that's actually pretty big. And that, that would be decent. The other thing is if you hit a bunch of taunts. And, like, the hitting a bunch of taunts, you can draft a bunch of taunts in Arena, but all, most of them aren't great. So, you know, you're, you're taking a hit by doing that. And I, so, yeah, I think this is not great. But you can... One isn't going to hurt you that much, but not great. Yeah, I mean, I'd even be happy with this on turn four into something like a Stonehill Defender. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a three mana, three, six 
with taunt that discovers me another taunt as warrior, I'd be pretty happy with that. But again, little tougher to do in the arena. Next up is Frightened Flunky, a two mana, two, two common taunt minion with battle cry, discover a taunt minion and zoinks. It's shaggy from Scooby-Doo on the artwork for this card. Yeah, completely. <laughs> two mana, two, two taunt is perfectly okay. Um, the battle cry of discovering another taunt minion is potentially really good in that you're going to be offered class taunt minions more often, but some neutrals should show up. And if you discover something like a giant gastropod or a stubborn gastropod or things like primordial drakes that are probably going to be highly bucketed that you might not see as often, if this is a way to get a high value card, that's pretty good. I'm okay with this card. I, I think that, again... If you're playing Warrior and you have this, this might give you the ability to survive longer until your opponent kills you. <laughs> yep, that <laughs> sums it up pretty much. <laughs> and next up is Plague of Wrath, a five mana rare spell. Destroy all damaged minions. Again, like most of the plagues, this is going to affect both sides of the board. Five mana is a lot to spend if you don't have something to follow it up with and is going to be highly state dependent for what's going on on the board. If all of your opponent's minions are damaged and you have no board, yeah, I would play this and then hopefully have something else to put down to get a little bit of initiative back. If there's damaged minions on both sides and you're going to lose your board and leave something of theirs behind and have nothing to follow up with. It's really bad. Um, I think warrior probably has better things. It wants to try and do. This just seems like another, well, I'm dying. I can try and do something and I'm still dying card. And I, I just don't think it's very, yeah. Good. I think the one occasion this is decent is if you get the, uh, three mana three three that deals one damage to all minions when it enters the battlefield uh sorry when it battle cries magic dog steeping in um <laughs> uh, i'm there's also a three mana three three that does that in magic so i'm getting them confused in my head <laughs> yeah uh yeah, that's all anyway fair. uh you play that and then you play this and you clear their board i think is the one case where it's decent and even that's not great really but it's okay. And yeah, you're most of the time you're playing this to delay dying, but maybe that works sometimes. Maybe not, not often. I think mm, maybe <laughs> next up, we have live wire Lance, a three mana two, two epic weapon. After your hero attacks, add a lackey to your hand. Again, this is a two, two weapon for three. So it does not clear what your opponent has just played. And that is the important part. You're taking a tempo hit to get these lackeys. Can you afford to do that? Maybe, but you have to be aware of it, and that's that's a big thing. Yeah, and at most, you're unless you end up playing something like an upgrade, you're only going to get two lackeys out of this. Um, whether or not those lackeys have great value for you remains to be seen. If you don't have other weapons, it's a weapon, and warriors like weapons. Yeah, that. That is one of the few things it has going for it. 
And now in the neutrals, we have Desert Obelisks, a five mana, zero five epic. If you control three of the three Desert Obelisks at the end of your turn, deal five damage to a random enemy. You will not draft three of these. Don't worry about it. It's awful. <laughs> if you draft three of these and you're able to draw them all, that will be amazing. But don't go after that strategy. Yeah, this this is a non-card. Yeah, send us a screenshot if you do that. Don't try to do that. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have uh, Fishflinger, a 2-mana 3-2 common Murloc with Battlecry at a random Murloc to each player's hand. Again, this is perfectly fine on stats. You both get a Murloc, so it evens out. This is just fine. Yeah, it, it's all right. Next up, Mogu Cultist, a 1-mana one 1-1 one, one epic with Battlecry. If your board is full of Mogu Cultist, sacrifice the ball and summon Highkeeper Raw, a 10-mana 20-20 with at the end of your turn deal 20 damage to all enemies. Again, this is Arena. This is a 1-mana one 1-1. One, one. Those aren't great. Don't draft it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> if you're able to do this, and I am highly, highly suspect of you being able to do this in Arena... I will, I, I will, I will say this now in in a shout out to Ridiculous Hat and to Schwal who've been doing this for a while. If you are able to provide concrete proof that you, as a listener of this podcast, were able to get Highkeeper Ross summoned by filling your board with Mogu cultists in the arena, I will buy you the pre-order expansion for loud noises of the old <laughs> gods when it releases i think that's a uh, fair challenge sorry for all the yeah and i think it's probably the safest bet i've ever made in my yep, life <laughs> i think that's fair like i've seen um the ancient one once <laughs> and that just needed two copies of a card <laughs> yeah i mean the this is a cool card in the fact that it's really designed as a unique deck building kind of challenge for constructed. The same thing with Desert Obelisk. This is not a card that was ever in, ever intended to see play as a competitive thing in Arena. The payoff for this is huge if you can do it. I'm sure we're going to probably see someone make this work in constructed, but in arena, this is nothing more than a one mana one one. <laughs> oh, I, I think you know, getting this to work in constructed is an epic task in itself, and you know, worthy of screenshots. Uh, yeah. So in arena, needless to say, this is nearly impossible. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, next up is Neferset Ritualist, a two mana two three common with battle cry, restore adjacent minions to full health. This card is amazing. On turn two, it contests the board as normal. It's just fine. Unlike turn six, you bump into two minions, you uh, have some, you know, you've taken a lot of damage on two minions, you play this between them, you heal them back up to full, you've just gained like five or six stats. This is so good. Yep, all day long I'm taking this. Um, it's probably, if everyone listens to us and ends up grabbing this and playing it and drafting it all the time, it's probably going to end up pretty highly bucketed just because it does have such a powerful effect. Yeah. Uh, next up is Nubisath Warbringer, a nine mana six, six common with death rattle. Give all minions in your hand. Plus three, plus three. This card depends entirely on the speed of the format. If this would be your top end, it's awful. 
because they would either attack past it and nothing would happen, or you know, you would even get to attack with it and it would give nothing in your hand plus three plus three because your hand is empty. You need to be able to play a nine mana minion and have a death rattle and still have stuff in your hand. And there are metas where that can happen, and we haven't seen any recently, but maybe one will come. In that case, it will be good. And if it's a fast meta, you cannot play this. Okay, but also to be clear, that you misspoke just slightly. This is a 9-mana nine 9-6 nine ah, combo. Yes. It has some strength. It's definitely something... I don't know necessarily that you're going to have a bunch of minions in your hand um, on turn 9, depending on what's going on. However, just looking at it as a 9-mana bomb card in a deck that I might get some extra value out of... I'm okay with it. I think it's going to be fine as a one of kind of late in your curve, assuming we go back more to a uh, mid-range to late game kind of arena form. Yeah, like right now where the only nine drops people are playing can attack the turn they're played, it's very, very, very bad. But in a mid-range meta, it would be fine, you know. And in a very slow meta, it would be pretty good. So, you know, that's... It depends on the meta a lot. <laughs> Next up, we have Infested Goblin, a three mana, two, three rare taunt minion with death rattle. Add two, one, one scarabs with taunt to your hand. So three mana, two, three taunt is it's OK early. It's, you know, something that is fine when it dies. You're going to get two one mana one one taunts in your hand um those are something that can be used to annoy your enemy that you know you, later in the game you want to throw up a couple things to keep something else alive it's value generation but it's it's very much token ping value generation i think it's okay yeah i think it's that's about all I can say about it. It's okay. I think it's not great, mostly because it's a, you know, it's one mana under stats for two one ones in your hand. I, I don't think that's a great trade-off. It's not the worst. It's just not great. And now we have Wasteland Assassin, a five mana four two common minion with stealth and reborn. This is interesting because you can play this out on turn five it sits as a four two which is a little below rate uh especially for the health but it has stealth so it's going to survive unless you're hit with something like a board clear you're then going to be able to on the following turn attack for four if you remove something or if you attack into something and this dies it comes back as a for one minion again with stealth so it has some survivability i think it's interesting i i'm not sure how to feel about this i want to say that it's probably gonna be good but i'm not sure yeah i i think the point of comparison is uh Argent commander which is the uh six mana four two with charge and divine shield this is a one mana cheaper but much less flexible version of that essentially that is harder for your opponent to clear in the second attempt and like that card's pretty good so i think this card is decent but you have to be playing it it's going to be very tricky to play and that that's the part that has me a little worried 
Yeah, it's like a, this is one of those ones where I almost feel like it should be a rogue card because rogue cards are traditionally pretty hard to evaluate. And this one just has me looking at it and scratching my head going, are you good or are you not so good? And this is going to be one that we'll see what happens. Yeah, this is definitely one of the hardest ones to evaluate I've seen. Okay, no, no, no. We want to talk about hard to evaluate. Let's talk about the next one. Generous Mummy. This is a three mana, five, four. Okay, right off the bat, great stats. Overstatted minion. Three mana, five, four. I'm stoked about this. It's rare. It has reborn, which means that it's going to stick around. But your opponent's cards now cost one less you are giving your opponent an immediate emperor tick on everything in their hand boy this one i've i've been scratching my head and i've i've had arguments with you and other people in various discords this week trying to figure this card out and i still on turn three on turn three this is great stats on board i love it for the stats but i'm deathly afraid of great that means i pass the turn if it's my opponent's turn four they're now able to play five mana minions i want to say it's going to be good but i i think it's secretly a really bad card and i think that if you pick this the value you get in stats and reborn is not worth the trade-off of giving your opponent a mana tempo advantage yeah so uh, i think there's two things going on here uh first is that you only ever draft this in a hyper aggro deck do not draft this in a mid-range deck do not draft this in a tempo deck only draft this in an aggro deck where you are beating them down in the face with that five damage that is the key and the second part is if your opponent gets less than three mana in discount from this you're still up on uh, mana because you got a 5-1 and a 5-4. So, you know, essentially three and a half mana worth of extra stats on this minion. So that that is the cutoff. And so basically, you want to be beating your opponent down for those three turns. You want to be, you know, gaining as much face damage as you can in that time. You want, yeah, that is what this is for. You absolutely cannot draft this in a mid-range deck. You will get killed. <laughs> Yeah, and see my and my my gut feeling and and my fear going into this is that we are not going to see based on all the tools that we've seen here and knowing that we're going back to things like uh, having Angoro that we're not going to have an aggro meta. No, I I think you know for now this is essentially undraftable. If we go back to a faster meta, I think this could be good or at least playable. But for now, yeah, I suspect you're right. Yeah, it just it. I I just yeah the the downside there just it feels too big to me in the arena to be worth doing. Yeah. All right. Speaking of big, um, Colossus of the Moon, a ten mana ten ten legendary minion with divine shield and reborn. This is pretty awesome as a one of late game bomb because it is going to take a minimum of 13 damage and four separate attacks to completely remove this minion. 
It's it's sticky in the most obnoxious way possible. It does not have taunt, so you can drop it as your one play on turn 10, and your opponent is potentially going to ignore it and go face, especially if they can't clear it and they just want to put you on a bigger clock. Um, it's a legendary. You're not going to see it often. I think with that Divine Shield and Reborn, it's it's worth it as 10 mana, and it's something that when it's dropped in front of you, you're either going to hope that you have an answer for it or uh, you're going to already have your opponent to the place where they're low enough on health that you can just kill them. Um, I I think it, I think it's okay. It depends on what else ends up in the bucket. With yeah, it. I so I think this is a big dumb idiot, but a very good big dumb idiot. And those have sometimes seen play. <laughs> 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 fair enough fair enough that's a great yeah, way to uh, you know this is still a 10 10 for 10 that your opponent really if they don't hex it you're probably fine uh but if your opponent doesn't hex it but they just you know attack pass it and kill you in two turns you're not great either yeah this if if you can control the board enough to put this down not immediately die you're probably going to win and you know that depends on the medal bit and it depends on your opponent's deck a bit, but, you know, it'll be pretty decent as a big dumb idiot most of the time. If your opponent has hard removal, and they play hard removal on it, and I'm not talking transform effects, but things like if you're playing against a rogue and they combo a vile yeah. spine on this, it's still going to come back as a 10-1 with Divine Shield. So they're still going to need to then either face tank and trade in or have two minions to trade into it to remove it completely so it, it becomes really annoying as a big dumb idiot but yeah, yeah i think you're right it's similar to um violet worm in that way and that you know it's just stats for the mana but it's hard to remove stats for the mana and that can that can get you there speaking of other big dumb idiots the sunstruck henchman a four mana six five again Great stats. Absolutely great stats for the mana. Four mana, six, five, all day. But at the start of your turn, it has a 50% chance to fall asleep or in magic lingo to have summoning sickness all over again. <sighs> this is one of those things that if you have a silence effect, if you have this in priest, it's great. If you can silence it so it is always able to attack. It's probably fine if you can somehow give it taunt. But I'm, I'm always afraid of the turn that you really need to remove something with this minion. And it decides to fall asleep and you have nothing to do. Uh, I yeah. think it's bad. So a thing to keep in mind, this is one. This is essentially one mana overstatted. And the problem is all the silence minions are at least one mana understated. So if you silence this, you're just breaking even. Uh, that's not a place you want to be with a card. <laughs> Finally, after almost an hour now, we reach our very last card, which is very easy to talk about. This is Vilefiend, a two mana, two, two common demon with lifesteal. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly draftable. Two mana, two, two, and you gain a little bit of life. Great. I'm fine with it. 
Uh, I think it's pretty bad, actually. So a two mana two two is below stats, and you also don't have you does not gain you value; it just gains you life. I don't think this is actually very good at all. <laughs> okay, but I think of it is if you're drafting anything with demon synergy and you're in a warlock, you have this on board on two. If you can then on the next turn tap and then go face or tap and ping a one one and pay no cost and you're getting a free free card draw off of it i'm okay with that but you know it remains to be seen if you think it's bad it could possibly be bad (laughs) well next week we're going to talk about how to get your footing in an unknown meta and how to adapt to the new season the saviors of old doom are upon us so let's get prepared before we go we need to remind you that rotation will happen in less than a week we expect the arena to rotate when Saviors of Uldum releases on August 6th. To maximize your arena rewards, you should start and play an arena run, and when you have two losses, stop. Blizzard will retire that run when the rotation happens, you will get the rewards for your run that you did not complete, and an arena ticket to compensate you. So you get two runs and two runs worth of of rewards for the price of one. If you see a pop-up that tells you to complete your arena run, ignore it. (laughs) Those are lies. Do not believe them. (laughs) Exactly. There are some players who are really busy and they don't think they have time to get in a arena run. That's still okay. Go ahead and start a run, pick a class, start a game and concede. It'll take you 30 seconds. With one win, you still get a pack, you'll get a bit of gold, and you'll still get the arena ticket to go back in again when you actually do have time. Uh, Importantly, you can get that even with zero wins. (laughs) Yeah. And if you've been enjoying Arena Sensei, feel free to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast listening material from. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen and write. If you want to join the Arena Sensei Discord community and uh, see things like Schwal's recent 11-win run, which I told him is not good enough, he should have gotten 12, and Blister Guy was nice enough to point out that he should have had the hard flex of leaving it at uh, two losses and going ahead and saying, nah, I could have gotten it, but I'll just take the free <laughs> rewards. <laughs> You could join us at discord.me slash arena sensei. You can also write us directly at arena sensei podcast at gmail.com. You can find me in most Hearthstone podcast discords. My battle tag is schwal1747, and I rarely stream on twitch.tv slash schwally. Where can people find you, sensei? You can find me in lots of the other Hearthstone discords as well, but if you like, you can follow my Twitter at stevensenseihs, and my battle tag is stevensensei hashtag 1107 on the Asia server. Until next week. See you in the arena.